Welcome to the Industry 4.0 Podcast with Grant Tech. Hi, welcome to today's episode of the Industry 4.0 Podcast with Grant Tech. Uh, here, we're looking in, into the world of manufacturing with a focus on stories and trends that lead to better solutions, and our guests share tips and outcomes that are going to help improve your productivity. My name is Sam Russell, and uh, today I am joined by... My boss, Ian Took, uh, who is here. He is the VP of Strategic Business Development at Grant Tech. Um, Ian, thank you for, for joining us. You want to tell everybody a little bit more about uh, who you are and what you do over here? Oh, sure. Okay. Yes, uh, as Sam said, uh, um, my name is Ian Took, and uh, I'm uh, the VP of Strategic Business Development. I've uh, been at Grant Tech for uh, just over 13 years um, in various roles. Uh, Always been around in kind of the in, in industry and manufacturing. Uh, I was at Rockwell before um, for uh, almost 15 years in various roles in product development, consulting. Um, finished there as uh, the lead architect for uh, uh, Factory Talk Historian and some of the MES uh, um, products like uh, Plot Metrics. Yeah, awesome. And uh, what do you do today at Grantech? Well, other than being your boss. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Which takes uh, up most of your time, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So really, I'm looking at uh, all the things to do with strategic growth for Grand Tech. Um, yeah. So understanding what our customers want, what the marketplace is, is uh, uh, asking for, for us to supply as a solution. Um, and then uh, leading uh, essentially all the aspects of growth at Grand Tech. So that would be marketing, um, your group, yeah. uh, smart manufacturing solutions. Um, and uh, also uh, the sales team. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll also maybe mention that you are the one that essentially taught me how to do industry 4.0 consulting, right? I mean, like I haven't been doing it in my day job for a while. Yeah. But yeah, when we would go and, and talk to various manufacturers in food and bev and life sciences, really start to put together their digital roadmaps and technologies, priorities, vendor assessments. Um, yeah, you were kind of leading that practice for a while at Grand Tech. I kind of took that over for a bit, and that's kind of what gave us the knowledge to have conversations like this, which is kind of cool to think about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and uh, just to add to it, I mean, uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm very proud of where we've got to in a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think uh, our customers are, are enjoying uh, the benefits of uh, some of our changes um, that we put in place. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, this podcast will help people a little bit with the Industry 4.0 journey. Yeah, for sure. Um, and speaking of, let, let's kind of dive into it with our, our standard first question. We have had multiple guests now answer, but I would love to hear your take on uh, what does Industry 4.0 mean to you? Good question. Um, I think it's a it's a term that's uh, bandied about, um, you know, other than the obvious answer of a, a, a uh, an initiative that initially came out of Europe, out of Germany, mm -hmm. um, that now has a couple of standards boards behind it. I mean, I think really it's more important to look at what is the what is the outcomes of Industry 4.0. Sure. Um, because I think that gives context to the meaning. Um, so if you kind of look broadly at uh, what uh, our customers are looking for those outcomes is optimized processes. Okay. Um, so uh, allowing all of the uh, connectivity um, between sensors, uh, smart machines, optimizing manufacturing processes, um, allowing uh, our, our end customers, our manufacturers to, to work faster, have data analytics up there, um, 
uh, at their fingertips to make uh, in intelligent, informed decisions. Um, greater asset utilization, um, allowing you know for greater flexibility across the manufacturing operation, um, which translates to better asset utilization of, of, of your incumbent assets, and therefore a potential for revenue increase. Mm -hmm. Um, high labor productivity. Uh, so, you know, expanding uh, the skills repertoire of many of our manufacturing workers as a lot of the new technology sets uh, comes into play. Uh, the addition of things like uh, collaborative robots or cobots, um, people and robots working aside, uh, alongside each other in manufacturing workloads, maximizing efficiencies and revenues. Um, Supply chain and inventory, um, obviously a really hot topic right now. Yep. Um, you know, uh, one of the biggest impacts that we're seeing right now, and uh, it affects us and it affects our end, end customers, is uncertainty in supply chain. Mm -hmm. um, something that is not going to be going away overnight. Um, we're going to be dealing with shocks in the supply chain for for a very long time, and uh, I think that. Um, uh, you know, industry 4.0 and uh, the addition of IoT um, and getting that data back allows us to more closely monitor those supply chains, mm -hmm. uh, understanding where there's going to be constrictions in the supply chains, um, and hopefully uh, it gives us the ability to make smarter decisions around uh, sourcing those components and building things. A lot of our suppliers right now, our vendor partners, uh, are you know very impacted by supply chain shortages. Uh, and material shortages, um, which affects our end customers. And also when our end customers' operations are also affected, they can't make the products to get to the marketplace. Mm -hmm. um, so supply chain and inventory is going to be a big positive outcome for implementing an industry 4.0 standard or roadmap. Yeah, well, and, and you hit on something interesting, I think, in your answer, which is I think you're describing manufacturing challenges that have been around forever, right? Yeah. We always want to get more out of our assets. We always want to make sure that our workers are better trained and doing their jobs more efficiently, supply chain, things like that. A lot of it's just kind of taking new digital technologies to make continued improvements in a lot of those areas. And, and the supply chain one's a really interesting uh, topic too, right? Because it's funny, we, we almost, we talk about supply chain in two contexts, like kind of in the same sentence half the time as we're talking about it for our work, because we our jobs, the work that we do, is affected by shortages of the supply chain. And when we can't do our jobs, factories can't make things, which cause other shortages of the supply chain, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it's just, and you know, one of the things that hasn't come up a lot really is kind of talking about how much industry 4.0 can lend to more flexible manufacturing too, right? That's yeah. really a lot of what we're talking about as far as solving these supply chain yeah. issues. It's a, you know, I don't have just one factory that all it makes is this one widget. If that factory goes down, I can't get that widget. It's, we have multiple places. Yeah, right. And, and and I think it's really giving the 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 manufacturer the ability to pivot, and having mm -hmm. the data and the intelligence to make that pivot. Um, you know, uh, I I think it's kind of interesting. We're in a much more consumer driven marketplace right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so. You know, manufacturers want to be more reactive to what the consumer trends are. Yep. Um, and uh, Industry 4.0 and the specific uh, um, technologies and the data that that provides allows manufacturers to make much more quicker in, uh, pivots around product design, changes of product design, mm -hmm. product introduction, introduction um, and gives them the flexibility to, 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 to be a leader in their space.
Yeah, I mean, think about, um, you know, early in the pandemic when people were all talking about we're going to convert all these car factories over to making ventilators, right? Yeah. That's a conversation that couldn't have happened 30 years ago, 40 years ago, exactly. right? Like, that's exactly. what would have happened, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. So good conversation around uh, Industry 4.0. Um, let me kind of pivot over towards what do you see as the biggest challenges that manufacturers are facing today? Where, you know, on that more strategic outlook, where do you think those biggest challenges are going to shift over the next few years? And how is all this technology going to be able to, to help them out? Okay. Well, I think we just touched on probably the, one of the biggest ones, which is supply chain. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I don't think we need to go there. Um, but that probably is the most immediate and ongoing issue that we're going to have for quite a while. Um, so uh, that's an obvious one to, 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 to talk about. Um, but there's other challenges, um, skilled labor. Um, you know, if you look at, if you walk any of the manufacturing plants of today in North America or pretty much um, anywhere else, it, you'll see a Workforce demographic is very, it's very uh, um, obvious when you go in there, the, the, the age of operators, the people that are running these machines and running the manufacturing process uh, are, are kind of the same age demographic as me. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, so, and a lot of the time, those people are what I call MES on legs. Yeah. That, you know, when a, when, a, when a customer says to us, we don't have MES, yes, you have MES. It's just that you don't have it enshrined in technology, mm -hmm. in process. Um, those people are your, your MESs. Um, so skilled labor, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, people are going to be leaving the industry. How do we capture that? How do we, how do we capture that knowledge and retain it with the industry um, and, and give a, a, a better return on, on, on that knowledge that's been built up over many, many years? Especially since so many of the people that are coming in and replacing them are non-permanent workers a lot of the time, right? Yeah. There's a lot more temps, I think, in manufacturing these days. The idea of hiring some person who is really going to work on a line or in a business area, you know, in, in your plants for 10 to 15, 30 years. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and, and that concept is gone. It's gone. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, to find an operator now that has been in a place for 30 years um, is a rare thing. Mm -hmm. um, and people aren't going into those positions a lot of the time for a career. Yeah. Um, it's highly transient. There's a high turnover of, of of staff. Um, I'm sure every manufacturer was affected by COVID. Mm -hmm. um, we just, I would say we've got through it. Tough word. But, you know, it, we've seen how, you know, labor shortages affected us during COVID, um, people uh, being absent, not being able to pick up from where they left off. There's the onboarding process is too much because there's too much knowledge that you need of the manufacturing process mm -hmm. to be efficient as an operator. Um, so they're all areas of uh, uh, things that we can improve. We, we can improve by having good digital systems that replicate that workflow, that capture some of that intrinsic tribal knowledge yep. and make it repeatable and automated. Um, another kind of uh, impact is going to be the enablement of machine intelligence. Um, great example of this is... Uh, uh, you know, we won't name names, but um, you know, you and I have both been in customers where uh, they're monitoring a, a specific manufacturing process, mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, the the operator is looking at the quality of his material as he's producing it and making decisions based on his knowledge of oh, the material is a little bit too viscous, or 
you know, it, it, it's um, the wrong color or it's this. And, yeah. and, and he's making manual changes on a process through dials and knobs and switches because he just knows this is what the product's meant to look like. Yep. So the context of having a machine that actually stores and gathers that data and is able to replicate that operator uh, interaction, if you will, mm -hmm. um, is something that's available right now, right? Yeah, um, so yeah. machine intelligence, there's still lots of manufacturing processes out there that uh, are not optimized around machine intelligence that data isn't being gathered from. So that's uh, uh, an, another big impact that uh, I, I see as well. That's a, yeah, that's a super cool one. And, I, and I, it's one that I'm surprised I actually don't see more often, right? Is yeah. kind of putting in those digital systems to learn what tweaks are being made to these systems to get them back into control and are there ways to kind of automate that a, a little bit more, so. Yeah, I think that's gonna be a number of uh, challenges that uh, manufacturers are gonna be facing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and uh, just being kind of informed and understanding how some of these industry 4.0 technologies and strategies can mitigate that risk to you is yeah. really, really important. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, I think the other, one of the big things I think that we've seen in the last couple of years is a change in expectations of the solutions that we deliver by, our, by, by the change in demographic. Sure, right? okay, yeah. People coming into the industry have expectations of how they want to integrate with uh, or work with machines. Yes. Right. Um, so there are inherent expectations of a new operator today mm -hmm. of, hey, when I go on this screen and I do this action or gesture, like on my iPhone or on my Android, it does this. Right. Yeah. And so uh, being able to harness those kind of those popular trends and, and how people interact with machines that maybe they're using at home or in other areas of their life is going to be really important. Oh yeah, uh, that actually uh, that just came up recently. With, uh, I was talking to my parents actually. And it was funny they were talking about how um, sometimes maybe I get a little frustrated as I give them technical support on their various devices around the house. Mm -hmm. And I ended up uh, saying like, well, it's always like you can't really teach somebody like intuition sometimes, right? Yeah. And so yeah, when I know there's a problem on your thing, I'm like, oh well, here's the the gear, and gears always mean a settings menu, so I'm going to click into that. And yeah. they're like, how would you know that a gear means a settings menu? And I'm like, that's oh, I can't explain that. I just know it though, it's, right? It's and become a <laughs> become an icon that is yeah. known in the industry for settings. Mm -hmm. right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, not just in the industry. I mean, everywhere. Right. It's yeah. ubiquitous with uh, with a settings. Uh, Concept. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so we talked about some of the kind of the the, the challenges. Like I wouldn't call them like downsides, right? So it's all about fixing problems. But like, what's kind of the the more exciting stuff? Like, what is it when you're talking to people that are plant managers, industry executives, things like that, right? What do they get like really excited about when they start talking about industry 4.0? Well, I mean, that's the obvious things, right? Mm -hmm. The the uh, impacts that PNL. We talked a little bit about the, the the flexibility and the ability to get products to market quicker. Um, new product introductions are, uh, are, are, I mean, you can simulate a new product before you you deliver it onto yep. a line, right? Um, just being able to 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 look at those pieces and the impacts for the P and L, the businesses that they're in, um, and really allowing them to innovate and pivot faster. Yeah. Um, and match consumer demand. I think uh, the main things where people are interested in industry 4.0, um, it's like, how do I, how do I make more money? Yep. Um, how do I uh, uh, have growth? 
how do I pivot? How do I distinguish myself as a leader uh, of the pack? How do I promote my brand and build my brand equity around the unique products I can bring to market? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it kind of funny that all like kind of the, the immediate things you have to hit are all about like driving down costs? The thing that gets people so excited is bringing in more revenue by doing more cool new things like like new product introductions. Yeah, yeah. Um, speaking of new products, oh, I'm going to take that segue. Um, Tell me, what is the most impactful technology that you're expecting to come in, in, in the next few years? Like, what's the thing that we're not really seeing a ton of today? Maybe it's on the edges a little bit, but five years from now, it's gonna it, you'll be behind if you don't have it. I, I, I think, um, you know, just as we are in manufacturing, we tend to lag yes. um, from a technology perspective. Um, I, I, I think that's that's changed over the years and. There's, there's less of a lag between, you know, what IT is doing today or, or uh, other companies are doing outside of manufacturing, um, and that and that time is shortened. And I really do think, at the end of the day, when you look at all of these things, you know, what is enabling it? And it's communications. Yeah, right. Sure. It's how do I get data from this sensor to here? How do I provision machines faster and quicker? Um, and so, 5G, I think, is going to be something that is going to impact, um, you know, essentially getting this data back in, in, in uh, to, to analyze. Uh, I think, um, you know, 5G, if you look at the, the speed of 5G, um, the reliability, the latency of it, um, reduced energy uses, usage and connectivity and, and availability of those of those chipsets and then allowing them to embed them into, into uh, intelligent devices. Uh, I think 5G is set to kind of revolutionize the way that we even implement a solution within manufacturing. Uh, I, I definitely see that. And I, and I think that's actually probably even worth a little bit of an explainer, you know, because I, I know so many people that hear 5G and they just think, oh, well, I have 4G right now. So it's just one more G. It's, it's just faster, right? Yeah. But 5G does mean a, a lot for manufacturing in particular, right? Because yeah. of the things that are more than just that extra G, more than the extra speeds. You know, if you're in a manufacturing plant, you have an issue getting data from your machines, it can be, especially if it's an older plant, a, a big infrastructure project to get yeah. all that together, right? You have to Huge. lay cable, you have to lay fiber, you have to have all these physical runs. Yeah. Wi-Fi is generally not thought to be reliable enough to kind of do a lot of this stuff, and even that requires infrastructure, right? So 5G is really cool because, A, there's real chance that can kind of, you know, go through those thick concrete walls of some of these plants that you can actually do this uh, IoT infrastructure around. Um, but it's also really cool because, like, you know, you don't do 4G in a plant right now because you don't really do 4G private networks. But I know that for 5G, I'm pretty sure that's a, a thing where there's going to be more private networks. I just have a 5G communication yeah. hub in my plants. You're going to be using 5G like Wi-Fi. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, and, and, and because of, of the way that 5G is architected, it really does lend itself to... Um, it's essentially it's a full multiply to all the other technology sets that kind of lay on top with industry 4.0. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, it powers basically, you know, um, it would power because of the low latency, you know, uh, artificial intelligence. Um, it, it allows you to take advantage of things like uh, augmented reality. Yep. Um, you know, where maybe the, the HMI of the future, the schedule of the future um, is not so much uh, an engineer designing screens for you, but maybe there's a concept of um, where you can take your um, your tablet, point it out a device, and it self-identifies. Oh, yeah. Um, so it tells you, hey, 
I am a machine, I'm a, I'm a wrapper, I'm a case packer, and I'm running at this performance and this speed. Here are my top three breakdown forms, right? Yep. And I haven't intelligently, I haven't gone in there by and, and said, I'm going to design a screen to represent this machine this way. It's just picking up on that and saying, yes, I recognize that as this wrapper in this location at this place, and this is the speed it's running at, and I'm going to bring you all the pertinent information around the operation of this particular machine. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, that's a cool, super cool idea. Um, so uh, on our last episode, uh, mm -hmm. we asked uh, Kevin McCluskey out of Indu uh, Inductive Automation what Industry 4.0 question he wanted I uh, answered, and he had a great one, which is, what do you see as one of the biggest blind spots as people are looking at Industry 4.0? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I don't think there's just one. Sure. <laughs> I'd like the biggest. <laughs> um, you know, so I think it's really, it's the uh, truly understanding what the outcome is and how you're going to leverage them. Mm, yeah. Right? Uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the want to have AI and machine learning, um, like a lot of customers ask us about, um, isn't as simple as throwing a bunch of data and having some sort of uh, AI algorithm looking at it and saying, oh, go do this, right? So how are you going to interpret that data? How are you going to leverage it to actually get to where you want to affect your PNL or to manufacture faster? Or, you know, how, what programs do you put in place based on these data sets. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's uh, a big piece around industry 4.0, so it's understanding the outcome. Um, so like, uh, so I put it another way too, is not jumping the technology and then trying to find a problem to solve, right? Yeah, um, uh, it's kind of like, uh, we've all had these experiences where you know we've delivered solutions for customers that have asked for OE, yep. uh, an OE performance management system. Yep. And just by the, fact of implementing a performance management system does not mean that you manage your performance. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It means that you've monitored it and it gives you a starting place to have a program of continuous improvement to use that data to make intelligent decisions around your manufacturing process. Yeah. Right. So, you know, a lot of the time people talk about technology, they get lost in the technology, what technology do we need? How am I going to gather all this data? And they don't think enough about, okay, once I've got this as an outcome, what am I going to drive as an outcome with this data? Yeah. Right. Um, and so it's really understanding that you need a strategy to leverage this, mm -hmm. this industry 4.0 uh, in, investment that you make. Yeah. I mean, we do that a lot as we're doing kind of, and you mentioned OEE, right? A lot of our MES projects we're doing in a more agile fashion now. Yeah. Because those user stories that are kind of a part of that agile process are, are I think help challenge our customers to think about what it's going to be like once this process is installed, right? Yeah. It's, it's the whole user story, right? It's going to be as a blank, I need to blank because blank, right? So yeah. you're talking about all these different users of the system and you're talking about, like, again, you're like really thinking about once this is all said and done, I have this and it's working perfectly, who's using it for what, right? Yeah. And that's just super valuable. And if you can't, uh, if you're struggling to think of some of those answers, then uh, maybe you're, you're barking up the wrong tree, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you empowering? Yeah. I mean, that's really important to understand. I think the other big part of the, that blind spot as well is underestimating the journey. Sure. Um, and, you know, <laughs> underestimating, you know, what it's going to take to get there. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, not just technology and infrastructure. I mean, people on process. Yes. Right? So... Who is going to help you on your journey to, you know, who are the stakeholders within your within your team that you need when mm -hmm. you're creating an industry 4.0 strategy, yeah. right? 
Do I need someone from quality? Do I need someone from uh, operations? Do I need a plant manager? Do I need an operator stakeholder? Um, making sure you've got the right people at the table that are helping you shape and form the direction around your strategy. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, in, you know, we talk about industry 4.0, but there's still a lot of manufacturers out there that have kind of, that at the early stages of industry 3.0. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, you know, how do, how do they, how do they get to industry 4.0 with kind of, uh, minimal investment, uh, into their infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Right. And all the time people are underestimating, um, what investment they're going to have to make sure. to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously there's ways and means around that. We've got edge connectors. Now we've got different ways of getting data, um, cheap costs. We just talked about 5g. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, they're all going to help with those infrastructure issues, but it's still a big, it's still a big task to understand where you are now mm -hmm. and where you want to get to. And what is your roadmap to get there? Yep, absolutely. It's, uh, it's a lot of what we end up doing. Yeah. Um, so uh, I actually think this is going to end up being our last episode of this season. But for, for when we start picking this up again, uh, I want to have a question at the ready from a previous guest as well, right? So, Ian, what question do you kind of want me to ask in a, in a future podcast to one of our experts? Um, so, you know, I, I think a good one is, you know, what foundational strategies and standards are you using to mm -hmm. chart? your industry 4.0 journey. Okay, I'd be happy to ask that. I'm curious to hear it. Awesome, thanks. Great. Yeah, so uh, yeah, great, great podcast, Ian. Um, thanks everybody for joining the Industry 4.0 podcast with Grant Tech. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Ian, really great insights. Again, I, I get to I talk to you about this stuff all the time, but yeah. uh, it's good that everybody else kind of gets to hear the conversation this round. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so uh, again, thanks for listening. Uh, we would love to hear from you all. So uh, follow Grant Tech on LinkedIn. Stay up to date with everything that we're doing. Subscribe to the Industry 4.0 podcast with Grant Tech, wherever you uh, happen to listen to these podcasts. Email any questions, feedback, your thoughts on Industry 4.0 to info at grantech.com. And uh, please be sure to join us next time on the Industry 4.0 podcast with Grant Tech. Thanks again, Ian. Cheers, man. Yeah.